ever told you over 60 million people in the United States have bad credit. Credit is the essential key to building your wealth. Fixing your credit should be your number one priority and Devanya Elaine can help you with that. She can help with anything from child support to student loan removals and she's not asking for thousands of dollars to do it. So if you want to fix your credit, all you have to do is text or call 562-450- Three five nine two. You can also get more info on our Instagram at Fix My Credit Devanya. Devanya spelled D E V O N I A. So don't waste no time. Go fix your credit with Devanya and tell her Potty Rob sent you. Yo, 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 man. Welcome to another episode of the Potty Rob podcast. I am your host, Potty Rob. And uh, once again, I'm here. I've been away for a while, um, but I'm back. Um, those that follow me on social media at Yo Poly Rob, what up? You can see that I've been extremely, extremely busy. Um, but you know, it's for the right reasons. And uh, you know, make sure you subscribe to my podcast on all uh, podcast platforms: uh, iTunes Podcast, uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, um, just all your podcast platforms you can think of. I am there. I am on there. And uh, I'm trying to make sure that I'll be a little bit more consistent every week. It's just I've I've been doing a lot of TV and film. I've been doing um, a lot of sessions, working with a lot of different artists. Um, So I've been extremely, extremely busy. So my apologies, and I will try to do better better at giving you uh, more episodes. Um, man, it's crazy. Uh, L.A. is different. Um, Los Angeles is definitely different right now. You know what I mean? Um, I was actually scheduled to do this podcast um, on Monday because I wanted to drop it Monday but to be honest with you, I couldn't even set myself to do it. I was, I didn't feel right. Um, LA didn't feel right. Nobody felt right. And I felt like I would be doing you guys a disservice by trying to uh, force feed a podcast, you know, down your throats when we just had a tragedy just happen. Especially if I'm talking about, uh, you know, this, this, this situation, this topic. Um, first off, I, I want to say uh, condolences uh, to the family and friends of uh, Nipsey Hussle. I want to say rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle. I want to say um, I want I want to give a hug to everybody that's affected by this. And I would like for those that are listening to the podcast to give a hug to somebody that's affected by this. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
I am in hip hop. I am in the music industry. This is my career. So for something like this to happen, um, you know, a lot of people don't tell you, but you know, we always have this this underlining um, family that we're around. You know, the artists that we're around, the producers that we're around, the engineers that we're around, and it's just it's it's just, it's an amazing culture that we indulge. Hip hop is an amazing thing, and when something so tragic happens um, to someone you know so dear, especially so close to home. It affects everybody. It affects everybody, and I, and I think, especially with hip hop, it's 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 greater because not only do you um, are you fond of that person, but you're fond of their uh, their music. You're fond of their performances. You're fond of their character. You're fond of the things that they do on a daily, um, and it hurts. It hurts. Um, for for those of you that that know, uh, everybody knows. You know he was shot and and killed um, in front of his marathon store uh, in Los Angeles, California, on Crenshaw and Slauson. And uh, you know we'll talk a little bit about some of the details. I really don't want to get too much into the details because that's not what my podcast is for, and that's not what I'm here for. I'm not here to get into so so much details. Because I want people to remember um, Nipsey for the great things that he's done and the great things that I feel like he will continue to do with the things that he's, uh, you know, set the groundwork for. Um, you know, first off, for those who don't know um, about the things that he's done, um, I just I just want to say, like, Nipsey is a very, very rare artist and businessman. Let me say that again. He's a very, very rare artist and businessman. We don't get artists like him often. Someone who's prolific in his words, meaningful in his words, Working hard to try to bring about change from music, his community, and just the common concept of black excellence across the board. And not just black excellence. I I, want to say excellence from those who used to have not because he was in tune with the brown community, black community, Asian community. He was in tune with a lot of people. So I I just don't want to, don't get me wrong, I don't want to uh, keep this as a black thing because it's not. I think anybody who's an exceptional businessman and anybody who uh, takes the time to do right by people um, first should be viewed at as a wonderful human being first. And then everything else comes after. Um, reason why I say he's a very rare artist because, you know, a lot of artists are born from the circumstance of their environment or, or the circumstance of their life. 
as it's being played out. Um, for somebody like Nipsey, who was born and you know grew up into sort of the same circumstance that a lot of artists uh, succumb to, he was able to look at things differently and position his business, even at the earliest of stages, to position his business to be able to transcend what was going on at the time. He was selling mixtapes out of his trunk. You know, he was only doing certain type of records that he felt like was dear to him. He put together a project and sold the album for $100. $100, which the average person will say, man, that's too expensive to buy any type of music. But ladies and gentlemen, he's gone. So everybody who spent $100 on this project, they already had a collector's item, but now it's just more of a legendary collector's item. Because nobody on the history, in the history of the world, has ever put together a project and sold the project for $100. So everybody who bought the Crenshaw album for $100, they have a piece of history. They have a piece of positive history. He was a rare businessman because he decided to take the money that he had and invest it and to the community that almost ruined him as a child. You know, not by purpose, but just by default. If anyone's been to L.A., you know what Crenshaw Slauson is like. You know the feeling you get when you pull up on that intersection. Some of it is cool if you've if you've lived there for a long time. But for an outsider, gets kind of eerie. So you can only imagine the type of lifestyle that Nipsey and people like Nipsey from that neighborhood had to endure. Of course, gang life. Of course, shootings. Of course, crime at its all-time high. Let's not forget, he was a part of one of the most notorious gangs. One of the most notorious gangs in the world. At the origin of where it started. But yet he was able to take his brain to another place and figure out other avenues to get income, other avenues to help people, other avenues to bring about a blossoming change to the economy that he used to be a part of for the worst of it. He used to be a part of it in the worst times, and he's he, he made a change to try to make it better. I want y'all to understand that because 
it takes a lot out of one person to make that type of a change. Y'all all heard the slogans, crabs in a barrel, uh, people going to pull you down, family going to pull you down, friends going to pull you down. We all heard it. We all heard it. He was one of the very few people that say, yo, whatever's being thrown at me, I can dodge it and shake it and I can do what I need to do to make things happen. In my eyes, it's my opinion. In my eyes, he was the perfect artist combined with being a perfect businessman, combined with being a perfect friend, combined with being a perfect father, combined with being the perfect husband. He was the perfect all-around guy. Not saying that he did everything at a perfect state. But if you compare the things that he's done, let's say just publicly, because we don't know everything that everybody's you know been doing. But let's say just publicly, if you had to measure up, he is the perfect guy. Him and LeBron. Keeping himself clean, doing the right shit. I mean, aside from a couple fades, you know, it's a perfect guy. Yet, as I, as I stand here and I talk to you guys about this amazing, rare artist, I'm talking about him in past tense. Because some fucking nut job decided to have the balls to take out one of the best human beings in the music industry that we've ever had. I'm furious, I'm disappointed, I'm disgusted, and it fucking sucks. It fucking sucks. Now, I definitely didn't want to um, do this podcast just to talk about all the terrible shit. I want to talk about the good stuff, so I definitely wanted to start off with um, his greatness, for sure. Um... But I do want to talk about the concept of uh, protecting our kings. That's just that's what this podcast is about. It's about what are we going to do to protect our kings? What are we going to do to make sure that the most precious people um, that mean a lot to a community? a wide selection of people are protected. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, we're all equal as human beings because that's just what it is. That's, that's what God made us. God made us all equal. That's just what it is. But we also have to realize that in society, there are certain people that have the ability to shape, change, and manipulate the system narrative, culture, creative, business, they have the tools to do so. In light of that, if we want to help change the narrative for a lot of bullshit that's going on, the first thing we got to do is protect the people who can make shit move. 
to make shit happen. He was one of those guys. I don't know all the details about what went on. To be honest with you, I'm not watching that fucking video of his death. I'm not watching the video of Laura London in the hospital. I'm not watching none of them fucking videos. Too many people already talked about what happened, so I'd just rather not. I can't stomach the shit anyway from sometimes watching TV, let alone somebody that I've had I've had the pleasure of meeting and, and chopping it up with to watch their death on fucking surveillance. I'm not doing it. But I do want to talk about certain parts of the incident vaguely, only because protecting our kings and queens is the bottom line. No matter how it went down, no matter what happened, it's about protecting our kings and queens. You know, it's funny because, you know, when I got the news and the first thing I thought about was, how the fuck did this dude get close to him? How did he get close to him? You know, the funny thing is, and it's no disrespect to black people, but I, I have to say this. Black people are the only people that put their kings and queens on the front line. I'm not talking about just gangsterism or nothing like that. Like, you are a man of value. So what you're in your hood that you grew up at? You're a man of value. There's no reason why he shouldn't have had three or four bodyguards with him. I got to say it. I'm sorry. I know that there was one that wasn't present on the scene for whatever reason. I respect it. I understand. But for somebody of his caliber, it should never be just one. When the Indian prince come into town. He got at least 10 bodyguards with him. Fully loaded, ready to get at it. When El Chapo pull up on the scene. He got at least five or six gunners with him. Ready to gun anybody down that remotely even frowns at him. When the president is elected, automatically he has full detail. When he goes anywhere, he's fully detailed. Fully. You can't even get within two blocks of the president, let alone try to shoot him at point blank range. The Italian mob. You have to talk to somebody to talk to somebody to talk to somebody to talk to the boss. There's a full protocol of what needs to happen before you can even attempt to get a conversation with the boss, with the Don. That's what I'm talking about. 
there's no way somebody of that value, and it's just, you know, it's not just hip hop. It's not just hip hop. We need to be able to understand who's of value because you got to think about it. No matter how y'all want to slice it, this is somebody who's responsible for a great deal of people, not just his family, but also the community as it stands, the business associates that he's worked with. We've seen one of the LAPD officers saying that he was going to have a meeting with him about the gang violence and how we can stop that. He's being responsible for a lot more people, so he needs to be protected like anybody else would. Like any other public star figure would. No exceptions. I had this conversation with one of my colleagues. And, you know, they posted an interesting point. You know, they said, you know, protection from the king needs to be ordered by the king. Interesting point, because how can you protect somebody who doesn't want your protection in that manner? Not saying that Nipsey didn't, but let's say hypothetically, if he was like, yo, I'm just going to go by myself and go do my thing or whatever. I'll meet you back at the crib or whatever. This is the problem that I have. When the Pope decides that he wants to go somewhere to go get something to eat or whatever. To be honest with you, it's not the Pope's decision on whether he has detail on him or not. Pope is the one person that can't say, I don't want no detail today. Leave me alone. He can say, give me some distance. Let me be in this room. But he's not the one to say, I don't want no security today. You know why? It's because it's not his decision. The people who are supposed to protect you, the other people, the managers, the businesses, whomever, whomever's working on behalf of you. Those are situations where they got to take the reasoning out of the king's hands the person of interest and they got to take it upon themselves to make sure that they're protected because trust me, the arrogance of a King can get him killed. And I'm not saying this is what happened to Nipsey at all, but damn it, it's fucked up and we got to consider everything. Because there should have been somebody on his detail that said, yo, where you at? Oh, I'm over here. I'm finna pull up. And if he says something like, nah, it's cool. No, nigga, I'm pulling the fuck up. I'm on your detail. I need to be with you at all times. Undeniably. These are things that we need. We need to make sure that our kings are protected. They're responsible for a great deal of people. They have to be protected. No other way.
Every other race understands that. When the top boss, that's a Latino or whatever, all the people that's under him, the security, all that, they know what it is. Protect the king at all times, no matter what. No matter what. Don't leave his detail. I don't care if he say, leave, leave me alone. Nope, I'm standing outside the door. I'm chilling, I'm waiting. There's no way, and like I said, you know, things happen, but there's no way that man should have got that close to Nip. Absolutely no way. No way. I'm not playing them games. Because now his family, all his business partners, and everybody that love and respect him has to deal with this shit. They got to deal with it. Am I blaming anybody? Not at all, because I don't know all what happened, nor do I want to know everything that happened. I just know L.A. is hurt because we lost one. So, yeah, things is going to be running through our brain for sure. I definitely want to talk about success in numbers because this tragedy just posed another question and another, you know, idea, you know, in our brains is, um, you know, we get so devastated, um, for somebody like Nip passing, not just because of who he is, but because of what we lack. We lack a lot of, you know, success, you know, by our peers, you know what I mean? And um, don't get me wrong, you know, the news narrative is false because there's a lot of black scholars. There's a lot of black businesses. There's a lot of Latino businesses. There's a lot of Asian scholars. There's a lot of people, um, you know, who, who used to not have that have plenty um, the problem with it is, is that we don't glorify it. And um, when it comes to situations like that, you would have, you know, 100 black scholars to a community of 30,000 people. A community of 500,000 people. Um, and, you know, one of my things is, you know, we need to focus more on success in numbers like I know a lot of people say a lot of things like, man, we need to come together and we need to, uh, you know, stick together or whatnot. However we do it, we just need more successful people right next to us. We don't need the people that's just sitting around waiting for something to happen. We don't need those people. We need to, we need to make all of the people who are not thinking progressively, we need to make them oddballs. They need to be the odd man out. And this goes for gangsters. 
This goes for, you know, hippies. These go, it goes for business people. It goes for all of that. Those who are not trying to be progressive need to be treated as odd men and women out. We need to make that trend happen. Like, no, oh, like, you're not trying to get your credit up? You weird. That's what we need to do. You're not trying to better the hood or do something better for yourself? You're a weird ass nigga. Get away from me. Because we don't need bad apples around our great garden. We don't need our kings and queens mingling with people who ain't about shit. Let's just keep it a buck. And I, you know me, I'm all for the equality. I'm all for equality. Until you decide that you don't want to do nothing for yourself. Then you got to get away from me. Then you got to roll. And that just goes to show you how genuine Nipsey was. Because he could have easily said like, yo, all you motherfuckers get away from me. But he didn't. He didn't take the easy way out because I'm not going to lie. That is the easy way out. And I'm definitely going to take it for sure. But that just show you how great of a man he was, because. Although we all wish he would have took the easy way out and just stayed away. He refused to. He met every conversation. He met every argument. He took on every fade. He took on every case. He took on everything. Everything that was thrown at him, he took it on. And everybody know what that means. Everything he was on, he took it on head first. I really respect that dude for that, man. Because a lot of people can't do that, including me. It's some it's just certain things I just can't I can't deal with. And I gotta get away. And I admit that. Certain things that fold me for a short period of time, and I'm just not dealing with it. But everybody loved him across the world, man. I, you know, I, I looked on a timeline, like every now and then I just check the timeline. And I just check all the people that's on my timeline. And I see, you know, people like Atlanta. I see New York. I see Boston. I see England. I see uh, Arkansas. I see Arizona. I see people. It's, it's not just L.A. huddling up, you know, on Crenshaw and Slauson. I see people in Atlanta huddling up by Peachtree, you know, hundreds of people. I see thousands of people in New York. You know, shout out to Dave East, you know, shout out, shout out to Headcrack for uh, speaking, you know, uh, great words and great encouraging words to the people and uh, to the families of Nipsey Hussle uh, on CNN, a beautiful thing. Um, you know, I just, I just see everybody reaching out, just, you know, trying to come together. And as much as it fucking sucks. Uh. You got to stay positive and believe that something um, good is going to come out of this. Something good is going to come out of this. You know, for the past three days, 
um, I've been bothering my my sons. I've been bothering my boys. Like, you know, they want to do their own thing and be in their own world. But just for these past three days, I've just been really close by them, you know, giving them, like, super extra hugs. Uh, You know, I'm an emotional wreck. Um, But I do that because, uh, you know, I I just can't imagine – what Lauren and Nipsey's kids are going through right now. I can't imagine. Can't imagine. Um, you know, to, to, to see, to see all the photos of just smiling and happiness to, to see, um, the GQ, uh, magazine, to see that spread, of Nipsey and Lauren, uh, in the in the heart of at what LA is, in the heart of what LA is, to on a on a, a horse, a pony, a, this is crazy. We all knew that when we saw that spread, he took off. It was over. We knew it. We knew as soon as we seen that spread, I don't care where you live. When you seen that spread and you seen the heart of L.A. and you seen them two dripped in white, you knew it was on. You knew that for some way, shape or form that you wanted to, you know, project music like him. You wanted to have a great family like him. You wanted to swag like him. You wanted to take something from the art and the craft of what Nipsey and Lauren was and apply it to your life. And for that to now just be a memory. It's fucking We definitely got to do a lot better. We definitely. A lot of people are affected by this. I'm definitely affected. Um, But I still see a bright future for us. I see a bright future for hip hop. I see a bright future for um, their family. I see a bright future for his brother as well because, you know, people don't realize like his brother can 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 lead the legacy as well. Like he may not be um the talented person in terms of music, but that don't mean shit. Get that business going, G. Get that business going. Um Pac-Man, I'm glad you're alive. I'm so glad you're alive. I don't know you, but man, keep the marathon going. You know? J Stone, don't give up, dog. Don't give up. Rody. don't fucking give up, dog. Don't give up. Everybody on Crenshaw Slauson, do not give up. That shit ain't over. It's not over. It's not over. Man. L.A., L.A., this is a Brooklyn nigga saying, saying stay strong because I went through this shit with Biggie. 
Stay fucking strong, y'all. And keep the shit rocking. And I'm going to see y'all next week, man. This is the Potty Rob Podcast. I appreciate y'all uh, listening in. I appreciate everybody on my Instagram and Facebook watching, uh, you know, the progression and stuff that I've been on. Appreciate y'all watching me cry and shit. <laughs> um, but I, hey, I'm, I'm a Capricorn. It's what I do, B. Make sure y'all keep following. And uh, let's just keep rocking, man. Let's stay strong, man. From black to brown to Asian uh, to white um, to Belizean to uh, Ethiopian. Man, everybody, man. We got opportunities. Let's get busy. Y'all know what it is. Y'all know where to find me. For any good business and any positivity, uh, y'all know where to find me. Uh, I got some new installments coming. Got some new things coming. I got Taco Rant coming. Uh, got some new music dropping. Uh, man, I got a bunch of new shit going. So just uh, stay in tune, man. I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. And uh, all due respect, man. I got a newfound respect for LA, man, because we stand strong. You know what I mean? All right, hold it down. Peace.